Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast. On a Wednesday, we've got to talk about some USC Trojan football in full pads for the very first time out there on Howard Jones Field that we got to see. They were full pads over the weekend for one of the closed practices. So I'm going to talk about that with my pal, Chris Trevino, who's across the way from me, across the desk from me. Follow my Twitter at Chris N. Trevino. Does a great job covering the Trojans here at uscfootball.com. Chris, what's up, man? Nothing. I'm my voice is a little shot. I just did a two hour podcast with our very own Gerard Martinez. I probably talked for five minutes of that. Um, <laughs> so that's me plugging the composite two star recruiting podcast. That'll be out this week. But yeah, I'm going to give you everything I got, Ryan, before I collapse here. My, my vocal cords are just shot right now. But I'm going to give you a good parasol podcast. I'm going to give it to you. I love it. Uh, we'll try to keep it short today. We got I'll, I'll Got a bunch of stuff we got to do. Uh, we got practice again tomorrow. We were at a practice field yesterday. So we're going to get to all that, all the news and notes from practice, what we got to see out there. We're all simulcasting this on YouTube. Hi to all our YouTube uh, watchers and subscribers and everybody. So if you smash that like button, get out there, subscribe to the channel. Chris loves when I smash that button. That's the hip terms, right? It's working. We're, we've gotten, we're what, 14,000 followers on YouTube or something like That's that? That's not bad, yeah. Yeah, so we've got, we've gained a lot over the last couple of weeks since spring started. So yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Keep smashing that likes button and keep uh, subscribing. We do appreciate that. Please subscribe. You can subscribe to us on the Peristyle Podcast feed on any, wherever you get your podcasting, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of that. If you have questions or comments for the show, Podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address, or you can call or text us at 424-254-9141. And please let us know which show, because we do a bunch of shows. Chris mentioned the uh, composite two-star that he's doing with Gerard Martinez. They do the recruiting stuff. Chris and I will be doing our regular show each week. And uh, the, the simulcast on YouTube seems to be working well, so we're going to keep doing that. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Before we jump into anything on the show, just want to thank uh, our sponsor, Trader Joe's. They've been amazing to us uh, over the last several years. I like to go to TraderJoe's.com and kind of figure out something that I want to make for dinner or whatever, pick up for snacks. The best snacks, if the, you just go, but the one I go to in Hermosa Beach, they got this wall that's all of cheese. I love cheese. I'm a big soft cheese guy uh chris are you a soft cheese guy at all do you like it or i'm not a big cheese person in general oh. just like just like straight cheese but my girlfriend loves cheese every time we go to trader joe's she spends like 10 minutes in the cheese section i'm like you ha- you know all these cheeses just <laughs> just grab it she's like no i want to check out what new cheeses are so yes uh you two would like going to the cheese section together maybe we'll have to do that uh so i want to try the uh i wrote down the saint andre triple cream brie uh, and it's cream with a little accent. I think that's how they said cream, but I love the soft cheeses. I love the brie stuff. And then you can pair it with, they have a, a whole bunch of great Pinot Noirs that are like eight bucks. It's awesome. Uh, you want to, you know, go on a date or something. You want to press somebody, you pick up some, some cheese for Trader Joe's. They got the little bouquets over there, Chris, if you're, you know, if you want to impress somebody there. And, all you um, need, all you need for a quick date re-up it is an awesome like go on a day place so i love uh go to trader joe's but thanks again to trader joe's for sponsoring uh the podcast all right chris well we're here we got to talk about some usc 
football things. Some spring football stuff. Uh, we got some questions we're going to get to a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but we got to see the team now briefly. We got to see them in full pads, which was great uh, just to see them out there and uh, checking out what they were able to do. Um, throwing the football around, just even coming out of the tunnel, seeing what the guys looked like with shoulder pads on. Uh, they had the big thigh pads on. Now, they were all, they were gold. I call them yellow too, but they're gold on instant analysis. I think it said yellow, gold, yellow pants. It made the quarterbacks look banana-y, right? Like, because they were, they were gold, you know, the yellow jerseys, the gold jerseys, and the gold pants. Uh, but, you know, the, I thought the players looked good out there. It would have been great to see some of the the beyond positional drills, individual drills, uh, where the pads are popping a little bit. A little we didn't competition. Get to see that. Yeah, we didn't get to see that. But uh, just seeing them walking out of the tunnel, and we put up a big photo gallery. We got a couple of videos uh, from some of the drills that you filmed, and uh, Nicole, our, the great intern, uh, filming, uh, but any thoughts just from seeing the guys in pads? It's always exciting when the pads come out. It that feels like the first real day of spring. Yeah, and I think most coaches would uh, agree with that. You know, we've heard that in the past. Like, we don't really believe anything until the pads come on. So, in those regards, I'm excited to talk to like an Alex Grinch uh, for Thursday practice because that was something he said in the first week. Like, I'll know a lot more once the pads come on. Every DC probably says that, but it is nice to see them with the pads come on. You can get to see who looks. A little bit bigger. Who looks great in pads? Shane Lee looks great in and out of pads. We'll yeah. just say that right now. So just looks <laughs> a little bit bigger. But it seemed like they had a good intensity uh, for that Tuesday practice that we saw. Interesting because I don't know if you picked up on this, Ryan, but they usually warm up on the left side. But this time they were all the way on the right side of the field. I don't yeah. know if that was like, I don't know what that was. I don't know if it was like keeping them on their toes. Just like, oh, just move them down here. I don't know if something was wrong with the left side of the field. I don't know, but that was an interesting little thing that I saw. But everyone seemed pretty fired up for the first or like the first viewing that we saw of pads. But we're gonna have to wait till some of the the state media footage comes out that we can kind of see what uh, <laughs> what it looked like out there. Maybe, I don't know what Keely should be out there doing some footage and stuff. What is you know she she's like overseeing like a whole bunch of interns. It's so funny to see Keely on the sidelines or you know on the practice field now. It's just this whole different role for her. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I mean that's her role now. I, I make fun of her all the time. Like she's the boss. She's got people to to run and yeah. be mean to and all that. But yeah, we were mean to her, and now she's good to <laughs> mean to other people. I uh, know we weren't mean to Keely. Um, so there was, uh, we got to talk to the offensive players and coaches. Uh, maybe start with like what Lincoln Riley said, and then we'll get to some of the interesting things. Some of the other players. Um, you were you were talking so, a lot. You just you and him having a conversation about offensive linemen. You jumped in there. You were like. What do you see now the offensive line? And he was pretty gratuitous in his praise of the offensive lines. Like, I really like our group. Yeah. You can't beat experience up front. And obviously that's one of the most experienced units on this this team. Probably the most experienced that they have there. Sure. Outside maybe of the running backs, but you know, got a, guys that have played a lot of snaps, highlighted, you know, Andrew Voorhees, Brett Nealon, Justin Dietrich, guys like that. Um, the depth is an issue. He kind of mentioned that, you know. There's some guys doing some good things on the two deep, like guys on the backup roles, and those those will shift and move, you know, as guys come and go. Um, but he had a lot of good things to say about this offensive line group, um, and that's not real. That's not a real big surprise. I was just surprised that you know he was that forthcoming with his praise of it. I thought he would hold it back a little bit, but yeah, I, I this offensive line should be a strength for this team, assuming there's no injuries. Um, but yeah, it looks like they're, they're coming along with their install. Obviously this team or this offensive line 
played in an air raid style offense last year. So I think some of those similarities help. For sure. And uh, yeah, I did get to ask him a couple questions. Now, they kept it short. I think the first six questions came from everyone named Ryan. So that was, uh, it was kind of funny. It was a Ryan day. It was a Ryan day. Uh, but I did get to, like, I don't know, the offensive line. It was the first day in pads. And it just tended, like, it's funny. Those are the questions I asked. I asked him a couple questions. He followed up. Um, and I think there was an, either another offensive line question after I asked my couple. Uh, but most of the people that were requested were offensive linemen. And, you know, you, you hear from uh, Josh Henson and stuff. So there was... Um, yeah, I felt like it was more of an offensive line day, and which made a lot of sense because this was the first day uh, in full pads. So uh, I, you know, I I like what Lake and Rail had to say about this. For for a lot of the USC fans that were kind of down on the offensive line last year, I mean, that was a group I thought that played really well. I did a Pac-12 radio earlier this morning. I, don't know, I think it's this morning. Like it's just things are going so fast. Um, and I thought like Clay McGuire, I thought did a really nice job mm-hmm. as far last year, and he's got a you know he's up at Washington State now. And I think Riley made a point to like, hey, these guys have been coached up. Yes, they're going to do it different. There's a lot, you know, even those guys are experienced. There's a lot for them to learn. Uh, it's just a different playbook. He said everything you, know, you could run. I think he gave the example of running outside zone, but they do it differently. How you're blocking it differently. Um, they're doing a lot. The the offense in general, there's a lot more pulling. And I, I even asked Cortland Ford about that. He loves it. He's an athletic tackle. He's like, yeah, I love the pull. So he's like, I love that we're pulling more. But there's a lot, even though these guys have been around a while, there's a lot for them still to learn. And, I, and Lincoln Riley made a point. You know, I think the one of the questions was about many of these veteran offensive linemen have had four different position yeah. coaches, right? And so he said, hey, they they were coached up well. It's just they're, we're doing things differently. It, we, there was a great foundation there. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, for the people that think oh, the offensive line is going to be terrible, they you know, the, the starting lineup right now, they had, so Josh uh, Henson said this, right? So Corlin Ford. At the left. At the left. Andrew Voorhees, left at, guard. Nealon uh, at the center. Nealon at center. Dietrich at the right, and then John Monheim at that right tackle, which is, you know, pretty much what you saw in spring last year with those two redshirt freshmen and Ford and Monheim at those tackle spots. The only difference being that Dietrich is now the right guard over Liam Jimmons, who is was gone he's graduated yeah, he so gone. and that's sort of what we expected with you know a Bobby Haskins injured right now and kind of Henson also mentioned that he expects Haskins to compete for that left tackle job so that that Voorhees initiative that I pitched doesn't seem to be to be moving forward with that but no. that's okay um but it also kind of he kind of hinted that it didn't seem like Haskins was close to coming back and maybe wouldn't be back until like the very end of spring which is something that we had heard going in with that foot injury. So seems like he's going to get only a little bit of spring in, which is, you know, okay. He's not like a freshman. He's, he's a, he's a veteran. He's played before, but you would still like to get that chemistry going. Um, Obviously that's going to be more useful to them in the summer since he's not going to have a lot of spring, but Henson was forthcoming about a lot of things, including what that lineup looks like, but that's not a super big surprise given that's all that where their experience is right now. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know, if you get, um, there's a guy, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with him, uh, in Seattle, Try me. <laughs> Josh Connerly <laughs> Jr. I mean, if he's thrown to the mix too, and they'll probably go to the portal again, I think you feel pretty good about the five that they have right now. But if a Bobby Haskins can contribute, which obviously he's, you know, started several years, uh, if you get a five-star offensive tackle to come in, like he can add some depth there and too. A couple so. guys in the portal and you're looking pretty good. Yeah, so I think the offensive line in general was pretty good. He also talked about, uh, I think he was asked about um, what 
you know, what position do you need the most help in? And he said everywhere. And he, he said, there's not a position group that you look at and go, yeah, we wouldn't add a talented player from the transfer portal. So he doubled down on his double digit additions. Uh, according to my scholarship distribution chart, I believe it's 76 uh, players on scholarship right now. I'm sure there'll be a couple losses, but he mentioned, you know, having multi, you know, 10 open spots or more. And that, that makes sense with the numbers we're looking at. They did give uh, Alex Stathouse a, a, a scholarship. So good for him. Um, you know, here in that one, uh, certainly coming in and he'll be USC starting kicker most likely, but the going to the portal, I mean, they can add depth just about uh, anywhere. And I feel like that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I think we, we thought maybe that 13 additions, you know, going into spring, maybe add a couple more. He's uh, he, he's not, he's not going to back down. I mean, they're going to try to get to 85 scholarships. It looks like, uh, and add, you know, 10, 12 more players uh, after spring football. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if anyone leaves during spring football because that's the nature of the transfer portal these days is that you can leave at any time. I mean, there's players that have done two practices at their respective school and they're like, all right, I'm out. Let's uh, let's see what's out there. Like uh, Josh White, the LSU transfer linebacker that USC just offered um, on Tuesday, he only did two spring practices and he, he said, I'm going to bounce. I'm going to see what's out there. And wow. he's gotten, what, like six offers already you know texas uh, miami colorado he's already filled up with some offers and he's got some visit plans probably in the works right now so you know it happens fast these days so i wouldn't be surprised if there were some guys that maybe in the midway point of spring kind of you know make the decision from the usc side maybe to start looking for a new home early and you know that transfer wave is only going to be building as as spring camps are wrapped up and as usc spring camp is wrapped up we expect more departures uh, here in the next couple months. Yeah, there. Um, if you guys read the Athletic at all, Max Olson had a really interesting story uh, about like a a linebacker that went into the portal from a smaller school. I forget. I can't even remember the school right now. But all conference type of linebacker, I think from Conference USA, had you know took an official visit to Louisville and then didn't. Uh, they they went another direction. He kind of blew off some of the Group of Five schools because like I'm going Power Five. And he was like this wave of interest right away. And then it just went away. And now he's like without a home. And the, like Chris mentioned, the transfer portal recruiting happens fast. It's uh, it's a couple years when you're talking about a high school player. It's not that case. And sometimes you have these small windows where you have to pull a trigger. Now, if you're, you know, if you're Jalen Hurts, like, yes, okay, it doesn't matter. You know, you're, you're have your time. You're Caleb Williams. You're going to have your pick. Yes, that doesn't matter. But for a lot of the other players, there's a bunch of options out there. Uh, I think there could be up to like 2,000 players entering like the portal in like a 12-month period. Uh, you can miss your window. And so if it's a position of need, offensive tackle, like things happen fast. Uh, guys go in there and then you just get inundated with offers. But if you're like a tweener guy and there's, you know, and there's always reasons to be in the portal – there could be some, you know, there there could be some issues there. So, uh, I think the the recruiting in the portal happens quick. And like you know, Chris said, someone goes in the portal, they were at practice, spring practice a couple of times, boom, they get offers like right away, uh, and they're probably going to make a move right away. And that's just that's just kind of the way the portal recruiting works, as opposed to uh, you know recruiting guys out of high school where you can take forever and, and take all your visits and things like that. Yeah, it's a it's a whole nother beast, and you know there'll probably be some balance to it later by the NCAA or whoever, you know, to kind of curb or change it. Because right now it's, it's like NIL, it's wild, wild west. Anything goes 
just it's such a fast pace, like a bullet train, just going, going, going. Got to get on or get off anywhere. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, sticking with the offensive line theme, I got to talk with uh, Cortland Ford, who's we mentioned is getting first team reps at left tackle right now for USC. He was pretty giddy. You know, I just asked him about like the morale, Chris, and he's just, you know, things were positive. But he was asked about um, culture. I, I, yeah, the culture. I think I, I asked the question. I don't remember. It was you. It, it was, was me. You. Okay. Um, I was like, do you, you know, there's, I asked if there's been a lot of talk about changing the culture. Do you feel that in the rocker room? And he said, yeah, of course. Today we saw some guys get, quote, and it's gold plated, is what he said. Uh, that's something new that's been added. You work at it, you work your butt off or your ass off or whatever he said, and you get a gold plate. And that's really what everyone is striving to get because that shows you've been working, uh, I think you said your ass off again, and putting the time and the hours in, and you're a competitor. And I'm like, what, what's a gold plate? I'm thinking like there's like a plaque or something. That's what I thought when I first heard the quote. It was like, oh, they get like gold plaques above their locker room is that sort of what the what the deal is yeah so it's weird he said so what he told me was uh it's a trojan decal you can start seeing the guys have gold decals on their helmets some guys don't so as spring goes on the guys that have been putting in the work will be given a decal um so and he was asked if it was gonna be carried on the season he wasn't sure so it might just be a practice thing oh bless you chris excuse me that's all right i can't even cover it up because we're on a simulcast right where yeah so it's like you know it's like Pause. Nope, we're on simulcast. Uh, so sorry, YouTube people, you got to see Chris sneeze. Um, but yeah, so this is a so USC's got a lot of traditions, right? Like no names on the back of the jerseys. Like the, there's this simple, you know, simpleness to it. Like they, they don't mess with the helmets at all. Uh, I didn't really see any of these gold plates or anything yet. And some of the players are wearing like the padded uh, helmets, um, and most of the offensive linemen are. And sometimes it's just like, hey, Caleb Williams throws a pass. You don't have the bonk, you know, his his hand on the head too. But um, but all that stuff was kind of going on. Asked uh, Cortland Ford about it afterwards. He likes, you know, the extra protection. He's fine with it. But I, I'm curious to see what it's going to look like if, you know, by the end of spring practice, like a bunch of guys have stickers on their helmets or what these are going to, you know, incorporate. But that, that was a really interesting development. I don't know if anyone else talked about it. I just, I mean, I wasn't asking about that specifically. I just asked him about the culture and that's something he brought up. Well, I was going because I uploaded – the majority of our videos yesterday and I was just going through them for my ghost notes and that question kind of jumped out to me I was like oh that's really interesting getting gold plated or wh or what have you and I checked on Twitter and I didn't see anyone had like noted it or whatever so I took the clip and I put it on I tweeted it out with your you asking the question and kind of the follow-up and I got a lot of retweets and got a lot of interaction and I guess people were kind of it got a discussion going about you know tradition and is do you like this or what do they think about this new I, I believe i called it a cultural wrinkle uh, for lincoln <laughs> riling um so yeah people got to talk about it for the overwhelming case people really liked it um but a lot of people had the caveat that we really like it if it's only for spring and uh like summer or fall like we don't want this we don't want this in the season you know we don't want the the gold plates and I asked the player about this because there was a lot of discussion about it. Are they stickers or is it like an actual gold thing? You know, kind of like the stickers like at like Ohio State, how they, you know, they put the Buckeyes on there. Yeah. A lot of people were like, is that what it is? They're getting a gold sticker. But I asked the player about it and he kind of said it was the actual decal like that. The Oh, the, like the, this, the, this, this part. You got that. Yeah. So if you're on YouTube, you can uh, hopefully you can see that. 
That's um, what it made that that yeah. is going to be gold. You want to lift it? You want to lift it up, Chris? Sure. I don't. I don't know exactly. Okay. Me. I don't know exactly. Um, like what it's going to look like from this. It's like, is it just the outline that's gold, or uh, is it like it all gold? Is it just this, or yeah. I don't? Is it shinier? I don't. I don't know. And you know, Ford kind of made it seem like the first guys got uh, plated that day after practice or something. Maybe. Yeah. All right. So. Well, this is going to be like Thursday is going to be like a little side game for me is like taking pictures of like the size of people's helmets. Yeah, find find shiny Pokemon like who is <laughs> who is plated right now? Like who's got who's got those plates? Um, and it'll be interesting to see if they only give out what, like five a week or something like that or how that works. Or is it like every Tuesday or after every week? I don't know. So, you know, that's going to be interesting to see who's getting gold plated because I'm you're going to be see me tweet out Nick Figueroa. Gold plated. Yeah. Max Gibbs, gold plated. Nice. Miller Moss, gold plated. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how that looks. And I really want to see what the plate actually looks like, try to get a photo of it. Um, but yeah, they did say it was the actual decal. So we'll see what that looks like. Uh, I'm in favor for it. I like it. Um, I think it's a little twist, a little like initiative, you know, a little motivator, you know, because that's cool. I want the gold plate. I want to be gold plated. We should do that. You should give me like gold plated mic, oh. or uh, you know, a good good podcast or a good tunnel vision. Just something, Ryan. I w- gold I, plate me in some way. Hey, I give you props. First of all, sure. Second of all, I invite you to the podcast and I didn't go away. And it's like it's still here. You know, it's still it's not you're in still shambles. Full, full, it's you're, still standing. You're full fledged member now. You're now you're running a podcast. Like there's like you know. It's happened so fast. Yeah. It's like the portal. It just comes at you. Portal just comes quickly. Uh, yeah, that'll, so that'll be interesting to kind of see. But I, I'd like it too. Um, I think they're, um, as far as, as far as uh, traditions go, I'm a traditionalist. I like, you know, having traditions and things like that. Okay. But I think you can make little twists. And and if that's what it is, if it's sort of like an outline of the the, the sticker that's already on your helmet uh, the logo, the the you know the emblem that's already there, it's great. You're just kind of enhancing it, and that's probably coming from the athletic department too, where they're working with it. Like if someone's like, "Yeah, let's just put stickers on there," like, "Hey, USC doesn't do that. Why don't we do this instead?" And uh, it's sort of a way to kind of keep with tradition, and um, you know, and kind of keep the fans happy. I guess you could say. So it's uh, I, I like this one a lot. Like uh, a little compromise, if you will. Um, yeah, no, I think you're culture ball is changing so much, right? Like it's just changing a lot. So you're going to need to do some, some new things. The transfer portal is new. I mean, you, you, there's things that you just haven't done before. That doesn't mean you're breaking tradition. It's just like, Hey, this is what you have to do. And we've seen some coaches really be reluctant to adapt like a Dabo Sweeney. Uh, you know, you know, he's just wasn't getting guys out of the portal. They always kept the same assistance. Well, they they're, they're gonna have to change. He's lost some assistance now. You're gonna have to change stuff. Uh, we saw, you know, a lot of people using analytics to go for it on fourth down more, more sec, you know, two point conversions, and a guy like Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, he doesn't like to do that, so he's still doing it his way. Uh, so I, I feel like this is you, you can compromise a little bit and do something that's, uh, you know, to the uniform. Which you know, if you touch the uniform, some fans are gonna get upset. But I like this. I like this. Is it's more of a subtle thing, and it does give it's incentive for the players. Can we get a, a thumbs up, Ryan? Ryan seal of approval. Uh, you get thumbs up, Ryan seal of approval. Yes. There you go. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry about that. 
let's see. Let's talk to let's talk about let's put a little note there for Chris. Um so we got to hear from Luke Heward for the first time. Uh, I got to interview him and also uh, Zach Hansen, the tight ends coach. I think you talked to uh, Zach um, probably about four minutes or so with Luke Heward and, you know, just kind of seeing how things were going. He was named the interim, uh, in, you know, uh, internal. Interim inside receivers coach. Yeah, in, inside wide receivers coach. Uh, For with, Dave Nickel. And yeah. Obviously, that situation has changed. You sort of, I believe it was you, asked them sort of about that situation and kind of, obviously it's a tough situation. You know, you were the interim for a guy who was, you know, the actual full-time assistant. And then unfortunately that person, you know, passes. So, you know, obviously you have to be the guy now and sort of do it with this sort of heavy heart. And those are shoes to fill. And, you know, he kind of mentioned that, you know, they have to step up, you know, they have to try to honor him, you know, a great coach and a great person, and then kind of do that out in the field and the work in they put in out there on the practice field. Yeah, and it's it's tough. I mean, because he takes over. Obviously, that's you know, if you, if it's a, a job that you want, you're like, hey, I'm I'm a quality control assistant. I'm doing a great job here. You eventually want to be a position coach, and if you become a position coach because someone ends up getting cancer and passes away. I mean, it's, that's tough, but it's also a great opportunity for him. And I think everyone that we've talked to, it sounds like, you know, the best way to honor Dave Nickel, who very popular, great personality. We wish we would have been able to talk with him and stuff. We never really got the opportunity to, but everyone we've talked to from other stops was, you know, very impressed with him. Uh, I think it just seems like the way they feel like the best way they can honor him is to go through and, uh, and play ball and, and get better. And, uh, I thought Luke Heward was just kind of focused on that. There were some, you know, coaching cliches. He was, you know, he's new to this this gig, but you hear it from experienced coaches too. But just trying to get the guys better, and uh, he he seemed like he was a, you know, a team player for sure, and just you know trying to help out wherever he could. I thought it was interesting when he talked about the locker room. Uh, I think I, was, I asked him about it, but it was the, you know, you have guys that are already there uh, that have been around for a while, guys that were maybe hurt, like you got the. The Kyle Fords of the world that came in with a lot of accolades and really haven't been on the field all that much. You're bringing in a couple of wide receivers from the Pac-12. You're bringing in a couple, a wide receiver from Oklahoma that has some experience. Um, and he made it sound like the locker room was like they were together for years, and so that everyone seems to be getting along. Which that's one of the questions, right, Chris? When you bring in a bunch of transfers, you have new coaches, you have, exp- you have guys that have been around for a while. Like, how does everyone fit in? You mesh. Know? Yeah. How do they all mesh? Yeah, I mean, it's a chemistry issue, and that's sort of a – I wouldn't say it's an underrated storyline. I think it's a sort of a medium storyline that people are going to have to follow, just how does the chemistry look. And obviously, we can't see the the whole practice or whatever, so we can't really see that yet. So that's going to have to be something we sort of take notice with um, with the spring game, and that's going to be our first real test – to sort of um, look at that and see, oh, offensive line looks good because they play together, but do the wide receivers, do, does Miller Moss make these connections with these new guys? Is Caleb Williams, obviously he's dicing it up to Mario Williams, the guy he's played for before, but how does that look with Kyle Ford? How does it look with Brendan Rice? You know, how does it look with Terrell Bynum? Uh, what about the running backs? How, do they go, how are they looking with a new quarterback? How does Miller Moss handle the ball to Travis Dye or whatever? You know, there's all these little connections that you have to sort of fill in uh, moving forward, 
Unfortunately, we can't see that until the spring game, but that's definitely something you're going to have to look forward to, especially if USC is bringing double-digit guys in the fall and the summer. You know, the you already have 13 new guys trying to get acclimated with this team. You're going to have another 10 to 12 or whatever guys doing do it all over in the summer with a lot less time to to catch up before, you know, season opener. Yeah, and this is a different, as far as the receivers go, this is a different structure than what we've seen before. Like we've seen um, USC have uh, a receivers coach and a tight ends coach. Now they have an outside receivers coach, an inside receivers coach, and a tight ends coach. And it seems like, you know, they can go through some of the same drills. Uh, that's like three coaches essentially trying to work uh, together. And I'm curious to see what the dynamic is between, uh, you know, Simmons and Heward and, 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 and Hanson and all those guys, how they all kind of work together. Uh, it sounds like when you talk to these guys, Chris, I don't know if you talked to them about specifically, but just, you know, handing off of players, like working to like, it's, it's just supposed to be like this collaborative effort instead of like, Hey, this is our guy. Like these three are inside receivers and those four are outside receivers. It just seems like it's sort of like a shared, like a shared resource or something. Yeah. I didn't really get into that with coach Hanson. Um, but that makes sense. I mean, it's an offensive system. It's a machine. Machines have different parts. Those parts have to work together. So that makes sense, especially when you're talking about an offense, sort of how everything has to flow together. You know, this guy has to go there, can move around, all those sorts of things. So it makes sense that, you know, you would be there, there that there's sharing going on, you know, um, between, you know, players or especially with the inside outside deal. I don't think I you you have a better understanding of this, but. I don't know the last time USC had two receiver coaches like that, an inside and an outside. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't think yeah. they ever did. It was always like receivers coach and tight ends coach, and that was it. So, yeah, this is obviously a new wrinkle, something to get used to um, moving forward, and we'll see how that and that shows up on the field, you know, how that looks with, you know, them having a specific inside receiver coach. Yeah, and then you, you mentioned uh, Zach Hansen. Um, yeah. Anything interesting from our the six foot eight uh, uh, Big man. Coach? I want him to dunk on me so bad. Just like... Uh, yeah, I just wanna. I want someone to like get a get a little plastic Fisher Price dunk thing, and I just want someone to lob it up while I'm uh, not paying attention. Just nice. let let lay the hammer down. Uh, but yeah, he was uh, not a super big talker, um, but you know he was uh, appreciative that we. Uh, it was me and Keely actually that were interviewing. It was just me and me and her. Oh wow, and that was kind of weird because you know instinctively. If one of us is recording, we know the other one doesn't need to. Right. So I almost put my recorder down, and I was like, "Wait, no, we're all, we're not on the same team anymore." So we both need this video. Um, but you know, we were just kind of asking about you know the role of the tight end, asked some specifics about like a guy like Jude Wolf. Um, you know, Keely asked about Jude Wolf, so that tells me that maybe she's seen things from Jude Wolf that maybe we haven't seen since she can watch the practice. So I'm just leaning into that. Uh, but he said, you know, Jude's been going great. He quote unquote, he cares a lot. Um, so it seems like Jude's been working on things like uh, the blocking, the the little things about blocking and route running. Um, I asked about Lake McCree. Obviously, people are excited about Lake. Yeah. But obviously, he's a little bit banged up right now. Did not have not seen him the last two practices, but I did see him at the end of Tuesday's practice. He came okay. out. So I would assume he's doing, you know, some sort of rehab and then coming out later. Um uh, Coach Hansen said that you know he's in all the meetings. He's taken a lot of mental reps when he's out there, and he's uh, he's locked in, is what he said, and he's he's itching to get back out there. And I know they're excited to have him back out there when they do, um, because tight end depth is a little bit 
thin right now because you're down follow you're down lake um ethan ray who said he's doing some good things you know he's you know he hasn't played a lot and that is including camps too he's been more than a rehab guy so right now you're really down to epps uh wolf uh ray and then the walk-on uh sean mahoney who was with the rehab group earlier in the week but he seems to come back so that's a big boost for their depth but he said guys had to step up got a lot of reps up there got to make the most of the reps when they're out there yeah uh it seems like there's fewer guys in rehab island and lincoln riley actually talked about you know that they put the pads on there have been relatively healthy it's sort of one of those things where you're trying to impress the coaching staff right like before maybe like uh Probably shouldn't be practicing, and now you're like, nah, I'm going to practice. <laughs> it's it. That's my feeling. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like Rehab Island is smaller. Yeah. Um, I think the resort itself should be worried about the clientele and the business that they're bringing in mm-hmm. because not a lot of reservations, you know, not a lot of timeshares being filled up there. So I don't know. Might be see the end of Rehab Island. I don't know if they're going to turn into a parking lot or something, but. That something that we haven't seen that much of in in spring so far. There's been a couple of guys rehabbing, but those are guys that are conditioning. So those are guys that are you know maybe a couple of weeks from coming back. Right. Um, Corey Foreman, he started doing conditioning as well. You know, before the first week, we saw him go back to the island. He was the only one I really saw go back to the island uh, in those first twenty minutes. So now that he's doing some running, you know, that's an indicator indicator that he's. Kind of close to being, uh, you know, maybe back on the field soon. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe we can, uh, when we get to go to practice on Thursday, hopefully we get some more information on him and, and the rest of the defensive guys. But for now, we got to keep focused on the offensive guys. Um, one of my favorite dudes, uh, he just has great energy. I, I love the running back room for sure. And there's only three guys, you know. Uh, Kyle McDonald is great. I think I got a photo of him up here. I love talking to Kyle McDonald. Like there's some... Definitely some cool stuff there. Oh, we mentioned uh, Luke Heward and uh, uh, and Dennis Simmons. Um, so I, I put a picture up of those guys too. But for the running back room, um, you know, you got Travis Dye, um, just you Austin know, Jones, versatile player. Uh, Austin Jones, um, you know, did a lot up there at Stanford. We got him. Uh, but I love me some Darwin Barlow, and he uh, just seemed to be all smiles. All three of these guys are transfers, but Barlow transferred in last year out of TCU. Um, did you do the interview with Barlow? I'm not sure who talked to him. No, that was our intern. Oh, okay. Or no longer intern, as you corrected me. Oh, Ahmad did that. Yeah. 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 Nice. Uh, um, but yeah, Darwin, always great to talk to. Always like uh, genuinely excited to talk to us. Has that big like yeah. smile on his face. Got that, that kind of Texas twang in his voice. It's always great. And it can be you know, kind of candid at times. And he had a candid moment um, in this interview when someone asked him about, you know, the big thing about Graham Harrell's offense, Ryan, as you remember, was how simple it was. Yes. You know, not a very big playbook. You could uh, get it down quickly. And someone asked him about the simplicity of that compared to maybe Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. I almost said Lincoln Harrell's. Lincoln <laughs> Riley's like the complexity of that offense, how they compare and he kind of laughed and he said, you know, I was joking with my my boys in the running back room. Like, if you didn't know the play last year, you could just run a swing pass <laughs> and you could kind of get away with it. Uh, which, you know, as a USC fan, I don't know if you want to laugh or cry at that statement. Um, <laughs> but but he said, you know, now you have to know what you're doing. You have to know the play. 
Ryan's cracking up over here. Uh, you have to know what you're doing because running back is asked to do a lot. You're asked to run, you got to block, you got a lot of p- different passing you uh, or receiving routes you can do. So you got to know Ugh. what you're doing. Can't just run a swing pass and get away with it. So bad. Just really like, you know, this year you have to know what you're doing. Like just that statement alone is like, wait, what? So you didn't have to know before? Um, yeah. That's, we uh, have shotgun go back, watch every snap from last season, and say how many swing passes. Wow, there's so many <laughs> swing passes. Like guys were sleeping through meetings; they just ran swing passes, and it worked. It's fine. Um, yeah, uh, he's he's a great one. So make sure you check that out. Uh, we have a, I think we have the story up on uscfootball.com, and you can check all our videos on YouTube. Yeah, uh, our YouTube page, uh, Inside Troy. Um, check it out. We put up a ton of like videos. Fifteen new videos up. Holy cow! Like. Yeah, a couple times a week we're doing that. So lots of uh, video interviews, and we put a bunch of stories up on uscfootball.com as well. Uh, all right, well, anything else, Chris? We can take a little break and come back and answer some questions if you got, if you're, unless you're, unless you have anything else pressing on your mind. I don't, I really want to talk about the gold plated, and we talked about that. So I'm good. Okay, let's take a break. Uh, back in a minute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. We've got a few emails. Again, podcast at uscfootball.com. A lot of people are saying, hey, Ryan and Chris, that's perfect. Uh, so we know which show um, you want to read the email off to. Uh, first one, we got a question from Eric in Duck Country. He says, Ryan and Chris, people often talk about the presence and voice of people like Coach O and Marv Goo at USC practices. Riley seems very Pete Carroll-esque in his positivity. Is there a particular coach you've seen that has more of an intimidating Coach O or Marv Goo personality? Thanks, Eric and Duck Country. I'll tell you what. No one has the voice yeah. like that. No one has that that voice or that sort of demeanor like that. I mean, there's different ways. I mean, Sean Nua looks pretty intimidating yes. just given his size and being a D-line coach. So, you know, he knows how to get worked up. Zach Hansen's a big guy, but I don't get intimidating. He's, he seems like a big teddy bear. He's so nice uh, when he talks to us. Um, Brian Odom sort of has this sort of like, I don't want to say scowl, but he has this like yeah. intensity. He's like, he's un, unfazed by anything. Could be a he's scowl. Like, yeah, it could be a scowl. I, I, I reserve more of the scowl look to Alex Grinch. Okay. I feel like Alex Grinch is always yelling. Not, not yelling, but he's always like, I remember I, I heard him, it was like the first day, and the guys were getting water in the back, you know, when they break a drill, and he's like breaking down. He's like, hey, you can get water, but you listen. You got to listen. You can get your breath, whatever, but you listen. So, and even I was listening. I was like, all right. All right, all right <laughs> I'm going to listen. So, he, he's very he's very intense. Uh, he's got that intensity in his eyes. So, he's sort of an intimidating thing. And then Brian Odom, um, I would say those are the kind of the three for me, Odom, Grinch, or Nua, but I don't get a, like a Coach O vibe from anyone yeah i don't i'm not feeling that and and the, keep in mind like we just don't get to watch all that much um i feel like 
in general, there's some intensity as far as the coaches go. Uh, we get to see when they're even they're doing the stretching, there's yelling and stuff going on when they're running through the lines, like you know, leg lifts or whatever they're doing. Um, yeah, there's coaches in there yelling at them. Uh, Benny Wiley, I think he's you know, he can be get after people a little bit. And even the offensive coaches, when you're watching them throw, you know, routes on air, they're just involved a lot with the, uh, like we talked about the, you know, the pad on the end of a stick, um, redirecting a route, making a player sort of like catch it. And then the act, they're acting a defender. They'd have to turn the other way. Uh, they're, they're very vocal out there, but I'm not, I'm not hearing it's not that. intimidating. Yeah. I'm not hearing that. But I, for all we know, Zach Hansen is like a mean SOB in there. Like we don't know. There's a lot of yelling when we're listening outside when we're just waiting around to get in but i haven't i haven't heard any stories of anyone being a, a mean sob you know yeah I'm sure, I'm sure there's some yelling we don't get to to see obviously but no one like that intimidating right now yeah it's uh like the you know zach hansen could be like the giant at the top of the beanstalk or something just coming down squashing people right oh, oh, did i just hit your camera um i'm moving my arms around hit that. hopefully you didn't move the camera off of you uh yeah there's uh if we could watch all the practice, I think we'd have a better feel for it. But just from what the, the portions we watch, I agree with Chris there. We got uh, Brent C. from Knoxville, Tennessee. Hey, guys. Question to Ryan and Chris Pod. I saw that Coach Riley is doing full pads for the actual first day of practice. My question is, did he change what he did from what the previous coaching regime did by not going in full pads the first couple of practices? Looking forward to the campaign in 2022. Thanks and fight on, Brett C. I he's saying was it different from last year in terms of the timing? I believe that is sort of like an NCAA mandate yeah, where you rule. have to be acclimated. You cannot go full pads the first day. You have to do an acclimation period being the first practices. You see, you'll see that across the country. That's not just like a USC thing. For anyone who's like, Helton wouldn't go first pads the right. first day. I mean, he legally could not, you know. Um, so they have to do that acclimation period. That's why you'll see if someone doesn't practice the first week or so, they'll do practice without pads while everyone is because you have to do those that acclimation period of no pads for two practices before you can put the pads on. So that's just an NCAA rule. Yeah, Brett. So they, they weren't really doing full pad. They weren't doing full pads. They had no pads the first two practices that we got to see. Then the first full pads practice was on Saturday. They used to do, like, you could do two days in shoulder pads, and then day five, practice five, you could do full pads. I think now it's a little different. I, I believe seven or eight of them for spring. I, they've changed the rules, but I believe you can have full pads for seven or eight of them. It can't be, like, like there's some rules about that. Um, but, yeah, there's uh, they, they didn't have full pads first day. That wasn't a coaching thing. That, that was just uh, – they're just following the NCAA mandates, and uh, that's one of them, so – this is not another, you know, there's plenty of reasons to throw darts at what Clay Helton did, but it wasn't because he wouldn't go full pads the first day and other people in Lincoln Riley did. That's just not the case. All right, we've got one last one. Dan, class of 1962. Hey, Chris and Ryan, thanks for the information about the media guide. Tony Baselli was just elected to the NFL Hall of Fame, the 14th Trojan enshrined. USC, with 14 Hall of Famers, has the most of any school, with Notre Dame now second and thirteen. What is USC doing to recognize the NFL and college Hall of Fame members? Are their jerseys retired as is done with the Heisman winners? Is there a special special recognition in the Coliseum? Also, Caleb Williams could easily be the eighth Heisman winner if the Trojans can win at least 10 games. Fight on to win. Dan, class of 1962. 
So they do, there's like murals and stuff in the cu- tunnels of the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the Hall of Famers are mentioned there. Also at the practice field too. I believe there's some like around the wrap of the of the back wall. There's okay. Some, there's some guys back there. Um, but I don't think jerseys are retired for no, those guys. Only Heisman. So USC's yeah. tradition is Heisman's. That's it for jersey retirement. And then you know, you're talking like 14 NFL. And you know, if the NFL Hall of Fame is a little different than, you know, Anthony Munoz, NFL Hall of Famer. He's like you know, the helmet Chris put up. Uh, Anthony signed that one. But, you know, he was injured a lot of the time as USC. Um, but he was a, amazing, obviously, one of the best offensive linemen of all time in the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, they, there's ways it's recognized, but not uh, with a jersey retirement. I think you just would get too many numbers. Uh, I think the Heisman thing's a good way to do it with uh, the jersey retiring. And, you know, having seven numbers already retired is, uh, you know, that's a lot already. But if you're going to do it, you know, if you had 20 numbers retired, I think that would be pretty tough. Or have like a little wing, you know, where all the Heisman's are uh, in that little uh, that building. That's not Heritage, right? So which I one? always, I always get where the Heisman's are, where the media room is. Yeah, that's Heritage Hall. That's Heritage. Okay, yeah. like I'm. There might even be something in there, you know, where you have like a a showcase of like all thirteen guys, all fourteen guys, or you know, I haven't really looked closely outside of the Heisman's, but you know, there could be a little, there could be room to have some sort of shrine yeah to these 14 guys yeah i sorry i don't have a better they've been they're recognized i think even in the mckay center there's a lot of there's you know mentioning of like just guys that were drafted um they have you know the jerseys of the heisman winners and um you know inheritance there's a lot of stuff that they kind of put in there but uh as far as retiring the jerseys for the hall of fame they don't do that but there's if you you go to campus, uh, walk around uh, Heritage Hall, check out some of the the stuff there. And if you can get a tour of the McKay Center, there's a lot of cool stuff in there too. Not just for football, but for all uh, all of the sports and uh, you know the, the sports that USC plays. And you know, right in the beginning of uh, the McKay Center, they have a picture of one athlete from every sports team on on campus. So I think there's 21. So like you know, there's a bunch of you know athletes. The pictures are on the wall of, of all those guys and. Uh, guys and gals and, and it's just uh, yeah it's it's pretty cool if you get to check it out so if you go to campus you can try to schedule a, a, a tour of the McKay Center because there's some cool stuff in there I wonder how many of those 14 are on the All-American wall yeah the All-American wall is like I think that's probably the bigger one Dan as far as people want to get there like when you walk out of the practice field and there's the All-American wall everyone that's been an All-American at USC is represented there I think that's I mean, Hall of Fame is great, but there's you know, that's very it's few and far between. Not that there's been a ton of All Americans lately, but there uh, that All American Wall, I think, Chris, is something that the players get fired up for. They want to be part of that. Oh yeah, I see players all the time coming up the tunnel. I've seen a lot of tunnel walks, but a lot of the guys, you know, touch the wall or you know do something to like point to it or something. You know, I think Max Williams is a guy who jumps out of my mind who always, you know. Seems to pay homage to the wall as he comes out for practice. So that's what you like to see. Yeah. Uh, but I think they do a good job, Dan, of, of recognizing stuff like that. So uh, make sure you guys go to USC and uh, and go check it out. All right, Chris, uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? I got nothing. I Like I said, I did you a two-hour podcast. I, I gave you all the energy I had nice. right now. So, yeah, I'm pretty tapped out, excited for Thursday practice. Another another defensive uh, 
interview session. So we'll see what comes out of those uh, those talks. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well, that's going to wrap things up. We kept it tight. Yeah, a little under 50 minutes, 45 minutes or so. Good stuff. Uh, thank you for the questions being sent in. If you have more ideas for what you'd like to see, um, we're doing a whole bunch of shows every week. You know, Harvey Hyde, I'll have on with him. Chris and I will do our show. Uh, Shotgun Spratling doing his Heard on the Sidelines podcast. Uh, he gets some great guests for that one. And then the the newest one to the the edition that you'll, you'll see this, the newest episode coming soon with Chris Trevino and Gerard Martinez, the composite two-star recruiting podcast, which is great. If you just want to hear Gerard just go off about recruits for – would you would you uh, record today, Chris? It was like it's, two hours. It's it's two hours. I kid you not. It's 90, 90 10. He does ninety. I do ten, and and <laughs> people are fine with that. They just want to hear him talk. People are like, no, we don't care how long it is. Just let Gerard talk. So I was like, fine, I'm gonna let Gerard talk. So two hour podcast episode three that'll be out this week. So stay tuned for that. All right, make sure you check it out where you get the, this podcast and any other podcasts uh, on the peristylepodcast.com, peristylepodcast.com, or the Peristyle Podcast feed. For Chris Trevino, I am Ryan Abraham. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. Hope you enjoy the show, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices, every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 